All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another edition of Indie Flicks with Donnie and Miranda. I'm your host Donnie and my co-host Miranda on the other line. Hey everyone. So the film that we watched was um I, I, I think in a sense, Miranda, you were white right uh when we talked about it like offline, about it like being a student film. Um so the film that we watched was the 2013 film um Coherence. I hope I'm saying that word right. I am a writer. Co- yeah, yeah, Coherence. <laughs> Basically, it's a supernatural sci-fi type psychological thriller. Um mm-hmm. I, I think that's exactly what it's described as like on their uh, their website and stuff like that. But the gist of the film is strange things begin to happen when a group of friends gather for a dinner party on an evening where a comet is passing overhead. Right. And it gets wild. <laughs> yes, I, I can't remember what brought me back to this film. I remember seeing it um like years ago. And I always look and when I look for like a, a good film to watch, I always look at the poster. Um, and then I look at the tagline. And then I look at the synopsis or what have you. And then I check to see if there's like any relatable people in here. Yeah, I do like that. Um, I was surprised to see actually a lot of these actors I was not really familiar with. So it felt like true indie in that sense. But Nicholas Brendan is in this and he had been doing more indie stuff. But he was actually um, Xander in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's what I was going to ask. I was like, I remember yeah. you saying that. And I'm like, I, I saw like the first three like seasons of Buffy the Vampire. I think it was like in a sense like, you know, it's like really hard for me to like watch like old films and like watch old like TV shows where oh, yeah. the the special effects wasn't that good. I think that's why it <laughs> took me so long to like get around to like watching like The Godfather, which I've never seen before. Um, right. And then like Star Wars and like Buffy and because it's it like the the special effects are like so cheesy. Right, like, so like out of the element of where we are, like in a society now, and that's not like a knock on like the directors or the writers or cinematographers. I mean, it's just at that time. It was that, a different time. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. And it's like I'm all I'm almost in like this this sense of like elite status where I'm like, oh, like I I'm like I I have it so good here that it's like hard for me to like go back and watch like old films very true and then that too is like Buffy is like such an acquired taste where it's also like a cult classic like the premise is almost like corny like you have to like overlook so much of like the corniness sort of of like the premise and like so no I totally get it but I was really surprised to see him in this I was like I don't know I was like dude I felt like I hadn't really seen anything else he had done in like the more modern age um he kind of not like fell off uh but i know he kind of moved into more of this sort of like independent stuff so Mm -hmm. that really surprised me and actually thought he did well in this i thought the whole cast did well because the first thing i noticed when we were like texting about this film was that you would really believe and i think it's like the way it's filmed but also the actors you would really believe they're just like eight friends who just know each other like, the way they were speaking was super natural. Like, like it was just really natural. 
and it almost didn't even seem scripted like you know certainly it is because it's a film but it felt very just like okay these are just eight real real people right so that brings me into the next point um actually i got some facts about like the film one of them being that um yes it was completely un well i don't want to say completely unscripted but um 95% of the film was unscripted uh these were people like that kind of like knew of each other and the the writer and the director gave them like small little paragraphs of like their scripts oh. um but the thing was they only knew about those small paragraphs so they knew nothing else about what was in the script so yes in a sense i mean i pretty sure this is as um unscripted as it can get like they a lot of like the reactions that you see in a film apparently like they had no idea what the other person was going to do like there was this one scene the girl that played emily m and um uh, nicholas brandon i believe Mm -hmm. where he um she was given a note before the scene um hey don't let him go out. Don't let him leave the house. And Nicholas was given a, a small post-it that said, do anything you can to leave. And wow. so, yeah, what we see is, like, their real reaction. Like, a lot of this is taking place, like, chronologically, and we're getting, like, their real reactions to this, which I thought was absolutely awesome. I think so, too. And it's like you see that so rarely in film. I think a lot of the time, like, you know, you have actors who are known to ad lib, especially in like comedy. But to see it in like a drama, like thriller context was really interesting because it made every interaction. Like you said, like it's it's like if that was their goal to make interactions as authentic as possible, they they pulled it off. Like it really felt authentic. And but it's weird because watching the first part of the movie it's like from the moment her phone screen cracks and she's saying, oh, I think it's because of the comment. It's like, you know, something strange is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know. It's like, it seems like from just the first few scenes until like where you end up in the end, it's like so different. Like the journey this takes you on also in like a pretty short amount of time. It's not like a super long movie. Um, it's, it's just kind of wild. And I think it's one of those, like I had to rewind some parts and like revisit some stuff and I, I don't know how they pulled that off without like a super set script but right, it was right. pretty amazing that they did yeah so uh correction it was kevin the guy uh played by uh, marty sterling mm, who okay. had that interaction with uh emily and but, they're um, dating those characters emily and kevin are yeah yeah so yeah it says i'm reading it right now it says when kevin tries to leave the house by himself and was given a note to not let him leave and that was one of the the moments that the uh, director like made a decision on and stuff like that. So I, I thought that was great. I feel like, I don't know, like, what did you think about like, okay, so obviously if you all are listening to this podcast, you know, we're going to get into a little bit of spoiler territory, but really this is the crux or the plot of the film. So as the comet starts to it, it mess with reality, mm-hmm. basically, these eight people realize the reality is kind of warped. Right. So, and... yeah. So one, so one of the, the main characters has a brother who, like, studies this. And after the film, like, I, I wanted to, like, 
one of my things is like if I find like a film's like kind of like grounded in reality or like have some sense of realism with it, like I'll do like a deep dive and jump down a rabbit hole to like figure out like if things like this actually happened. And luck would have it that we have a couple of strange and supernatural occurrences that happened during the passing of comments. Oh wow. Yeah, so one, we have the death of Mark Twain, which this, I think this is really interesting. So he was born the same year that the comet, um, Haley's Comet first came, was 1835. And he died on April 21st, 1910, was when the comet passed once again. (laughs) I I thought that was interesting. And he like, yeah, so it says Mark Twain predicted his death and linked it to the passing of the comet. He, quote, I came in with Haley's Comet in 1835. It's coming again next year, and I expect to go out with it. It will be the greatest disappointment of my life if I don't go out with Haley's Comet. Almighty has said, no doubt. Now, here we are, those two uncountable freaks. They came in together, and they must go out together. I I thought that was interesting. Wow. So, two, we, (laughs) we got another one. The death of Julius Caesar. And the same year that that uh, comet passed was the same year he died. We have the Great Fire of Chicago, the Great Earthquakes of 1811, and the Great Biblical Flood. Wow. So, yeah, so it, it, it now looking back at it, it's, it's one of these films that you'll have to like do multiple viewings of. But I think with that knowledge, like if we ever go back and watch this again, I think just it just brings more a more heightened sense of reality to it. Right. And speaking of the word reality, that's a great segue. Because what we get into with this film is, and this is why I feel like viewers need to like watch it may- maybe more than once, is reality just dissolves and I believe when I was reading about this I think the movie's called coherence because apparently this this theory this phenomenon is called quantum decoherence right right yeah yeah and I'm I'm not good at like science at all but I love it same same yeah it's like fascinating to me but it made me think of like if you think about like Stephen Hawking and like the multiverse theories right and this film what you're seeing as a viewer is all of those multiple universes, like the multiple realities where like anything could happen. They're all happening at once for like the first time. Yeah. So yeah, basically, yeah. What the film describes like the overall gist, because we can't like actually talk about the film because it is like the, like the plot is so like simple and it just takes up the entire film. Um, it's vastly different than most of the other films we've watched. But yeah, so it's like they're they're at this dinner party and these friends are coming and going. And every time somebody leaves the house, the audience, us, is questioning whether that person that left the house is coming back. So in a sense, um, they don't really describe, Miranda, how many houses there are, right? Or how many realities there are no not really because we end up like seeing a bunch of them and (laughs) it's just really and what I thought was interesting was like if you were in a totally different reality like how much of yourself would you still be and a lot of the characters are like themselves with like minor changes to like their lives or like to their personalities and like 
that I think to me is what made this so unsettling because it reminded me of how I felt and how creepy this movie was. Also another great film, um, Us, Jordan Peele, Us. Oh, yeah, yeah. It gave me like those vibes of like, ooh, what if there was like another you who had just like lived through a different set of circumstances, but you're still you. Right. And maybe that's what this is getting at. Like maybe if one little thing in your life had gone differently, you know, like where, who would you be? Right, yeah, exactly. And it's like, the film largely follows the group, but the I, I think the person who has the most screen time is the um, the woman, uh, M. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. So throughout the dinner party, they're questioning whether the person who showed up to dinner and left the house is the same person who returned. And I think we start to get. The first sign of that is, I I think unbeknownst to me, was the two guys that came in and left, uh, I think his name was Amir. Yeah, Hugh and Amir, yeah. Hugh and Amir, they were the first two guys to leave to go um, call his brother, who was an astrophysicist? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hugh's brother, who was like, really, basically like super smart, but also like kind of like a conspiracy, conspiracy theory. Um, so he like had some like idea of like what might happen or what could happen. And he had like these theories of the multiverse and Sir Isaac Newton and all that stuff. So when they come back from checking out the other house, they realize that they see themselves, but they don't tell the group yet. They hide it from them, mm-hmm. which I think was stupid. I, yeah, I think so, too. And then especially, like, but then I think about the reaction that, like, especially Mike has when they all start to kind of realize what's going on. Because I had to think, like, while I was watching this, I was like, yeah, how how would it feel, like, if you saw your double? <laughs> and maybe they thought they were just, like, freaking out or like right. you know i know i know the whole group questions at one point i think it's beth they question mm-hmm. they're like did you like drug the food because right yeah the, the before, one that brought like ketamine yeah yeah like did you drug the food are we just freaking out so i think at first like they're all just genuinely confused but what what just stuns me is like and not to like skip to the ending but i think like the reason we follow emily and get her perspective is like the film kind of starts with her being criticized for like not being definitive enough and being like the master of her own destiny. Like the way she was like, Oh, I lost, you know, this role in the ballet. Cause I took too long to decide if I'd take it or whatever. But then by the end of the film, like she just decides, like, I am going to be in control of this. Right. And I won't yeah. spoil necessarily like how, but like, Whoa, that's what like, blew my mind. Right. I, I think M and um, Mike were, actually the first ones that kind of like fully understood like the weight of the situation I feel like everybody was else like kind of in denial and stuff like that and I know like Mike is like set up to be like this this aggressive and um huge ego type like failed movie uh tv show actor but honestly I I gotta agree with him where he like makes decisions like if if you see yourself in another house, yeah, I, I yeah. think going over there to kill them first would be like ideal. Right. I mean, 
Because, like, if what he's saying is, like, true, and I mean, I guess it is, right? Like, if only one reality can exist, or you can only return to one reality, and the movie Us touches on this also, mm-hmm. if there can only be one of you ultimately. Right. And you're the you that you are right now. It's like, what do you do? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's like throughout the night as the comment is, like, passing, like, like, once it passes you will be stuck in whatever reality you're in after it passes. So he had the right idea though. Hey, like, let's kill the other family. It's exactly what I would have done. And I mean, he does turn out to be like one of the smartest, like brightest people aside from like Emily. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think Emily, and, and I think to me, like, Again, the reason we follow Emily and not necessarily Mike, because I agree, I do think Mike is like one of the most just like intelligent of the like, or I don't know, understands the gravity of the situation. But right, I like yeah. that Emily straight up just says like, "Fuck this, I'm going to find I, I don't know, like like the best out of this situation." You know, like when she starts like looking at all the realities, she's like, "Okay, which reality?" what I want to live in right and kind of that theme of just like choosing your own destiny especially right. like we were saying when she was like such a passive person and like especially they yeah at, at the party with like um one of they their were, like, friends like her yeah like brings her like ex or uh Mike no Kevin's ex yeah brings her fiance's ex who yeah was, so like, Amir yeah like I don't know I, I feel like that's such a like a dick move, like in a friend group or something like that. Like would would you ever bring your ex to like a dinner party like that? Oh hell no. No, I would never bring someone's ex like around if they like that's just so shady, especially if their new significant other is there. Like... Right, yeah. And and the thing is it's like she made like all these like flirty comments and stuff like that and Emma's like sitting back like taking this and like taking all the attacks and right trying to be like so polite and so that's why i think like it was just jarring to see that like she's the one ultimately who just says like fuck this like i'm i'm choosing my own destiny and that to me was like really what spoke to me like about the ending and the ending's like a little confusing i had to like read some theories online and like try like watch it a couple times but i think like to me, if I had one major takeaway from this film, it was, like, be the master of your own destiny. Or, like, the choices you make affect, like, everything. Like, a butterfly effect, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But also, in a sense, um, I, 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 see this, I see this, like, night as, like, a get-out-of-jail-free card. And ultimately, that's what Emily does. Um, she's not mm. exactly, like, happy in her relationship um she's having doubts um about her career and stuff like that and ultimately she goes to find a different reality where everything is nice and safe and you're sure of like the outcome because the house that she ultimately does goes and like decides to like um like, like, like li- yeah. yeah yeah root, root herself in couldn't find the words um root herself in we noticed that none of the players left that house right and it seems like everything's good so in a sense you can trust that house because nobody has come in and out 
it hasn't right. affected like the the butterfly hasn't affected that reality in a sense. Yes, yes. It's like she found the most stable reality and the fact that like yeah, she like masters her own destiny in that way, like that was just kind of badass to me. Even though the way she goes about it is pretty savage. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I think that's like one of the, like the confusing parts at the end of the film. It's like as we're like getting to like the climax and everybody's understanding the gravity, it's like we get to this point where I, I think what really like shocked me when I first saw this movie was where they all gather like in, in the like the living room and they're like all talking like, well, what did you guys put in your box so you can like identify the house? And it's like, oh, I put like a golf ball. I put like a, uh, a ping pong paddle. I put a, a napkin, staplers. And as they're going around the room, I'm realizing that's when I, the big moments, like, none of these people belong in this house. Yep. Like, this this whole film that we were watching, I, I know, like, we have saw them come and go and in and out, but it's like, how, like, even, even the moments that they acknowledge in the film of people leaving, you got to think in the background, other people are also leaving out the back door and stuff like that. And you're like, right. How many times have these people gone in and out and you're surrounded with eight friends or eight fr- people that you thought were your friends, but each of them are from a separate reality. Right. Yeah. That's a freaky, it's like a freaky thought. And and like I said, it's like so symbolic, but I feel like it's like symbolism that everyone would like take something different from. Because I feel like the consensus online is like most people, when I was reading like the theories about the ending, they were like, okay, yeah, we think it means this, but it did seem like a lot of people in like forums and stuff, like kind of walk away with like their own meaning of like the significance of the event or like what it all kind of means, like what the, what the filmmakers were like trying to say. Right. ultimately and I'm still a little like torn kind of like with Black Bear it's one of those things where like I might go back and forth on that for a while right <laughs> yeah know? so it's like the overall concept of this like film and what the, uh, the directors and writers were trying to pers- uh, portray was the concept of Schrodinger's cat and mm. for those who don't know it, it's a thought experiment that states basically that if you put a cat in a box with a vial of poison that may or may not be released and close the lid, you wouldn't know whether the cat was alive or dead until you opened the box to check. And so effectively, it's dead and alive at the same time. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, up until the point, it's like the cat is both alive and dead. But like in this reality, like in this film, it's like no, like the cat isn't alive or dead. It's it's alive, it's dead, it's alive and dead, it's... Infinite, yeah. Like yeah, infinite it's, it's multiple... Yeah. And I think that, like, it, it... I, like, I never saw, like, the theory, like, explain like that in a sense, where it was, like, so clean and cut. And, like, I remember reading online, like, every time that we see... You remember seeing, like, the... The little blackout uh, scenes where they were like cut and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody told me to think of that as a way of 
us opening the box and also closing the box. Oh, and about that. Yeah, that like blew my mind. I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Because I was wondering, I was like, I, I just chalked it up to like, oh, like it's um, like it's just like a student film just making like long unordinary cuts like that but no it's like once you see them a couple of times and see the movie again it's like oh it's intentional like every Mm -hmm. time we close out a scene we're closing the box and every time we see another black uh black cut we're opening a box in a different reality so the only reality i think that's actually the one that we started in our reality was the first scene Yep. When when they all arrive. I think I after that, when they when they do that cut, we're in a different reality in a different house. Yep, already in a different house. And yeah, I think after like I I, I don't know. It's like I didn't realize that till the end. And then now it's like if you go back and rewatch it, that like changes the experience you have too. So this is like crazy what they were able to pack into 90 minutes of film. Right. So the end, let's talk about it. My personal opinion, I I think the girl who called, like the Emily who called, was the one who woke up in the bathroom. That's mm-hmm. what I think. So you don't think it was OG Emily? No, I don't think at all. I, I think it was another one who switched. Because remember, she said every time they go through that dark um, passage in the street, you end up like at another reality. Right, right. But then I just wonder at the end, it's like I wonder how she's the only one who ended up with two. Or I guess that we know of. No, there's three, right? She she killed two. She killed two Emily's, right? The OG. Yeah. The OG, but then she she Okay, so this see, and this is why the ending is so confusing. And I feel like everyone online is like also not sure because it's like we see her faint mm-hmm. wake up talk to kevin but then kevin gets a call from another emily so that's two emilys that we know of right but then she kill another one at the og house and or uh, before she wakes up like yeah, before yeah. The remember in the car at the car yeah before she wakes up i mean like once the phone call is made there are two Emilys that we know of. Oh, okay, yeah. But everybody else seems to have gone back to just being, like, one. Right. It seems like everybody, the two uh, characters that we passed, like, as she's leaving the house, they they're just thin. Yeah, they're normal, and they seem unaffected by... Right. So that's what threw me. I was like, why only her? I mean, I guess because, like, we follow her perspective, but, like, what does that mean? You know, like what's right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I think it's like it, it does bring up like point of just it's open to interpretation, so I don't think we'll ever like get a, a great understanding of it, right? And but so, this I does think... <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say, I just think it was a great film, like honestly, like you know, for its budget only being like 50,000, and I, I mean, it only being 90 minutes long, I think it's pretty it's it's fantastic like it's a great thought experiment it was well done well shot like you said everything felt like intentional especially like the more you start thinking about it things just seem more intentional even with like the cuts and 
the shots, you know, of like the cinematographer and so, yeah, yeah I, just... I, I was surprised at like how much like it's a cult classic, I believe. Um, right. it, it made IndieWire's top 100 uh, science fiction films of the 21st century. I think landed at number 50. But I've heard like relatively low like buzz about it when it came out and stuff like that. The, the director, yeah, the director went on to like direct, I think, one other film, uh, Rango. Oh, American he did. Rango? Yeah, yeah, he did two other films, um, Rango and The Forest. Oh, and those oh. are like much more well known. Yeah, so he was an art, he worked in the art department on Baby Driver. He was a producer of The Forest and he was a writer on Rango. Okay, okay. So he's still like doing things in film, huh? Well, that's yeah, yeah. He his most recent work was uh, Shattered Belt. He was the director. He directed like four episodes, um, and since then, the last thing he did was like Coherence. Well, this was done well. <laughs> well yeah, it, it was done really well. I'm surprised he hasn't seen more work. But it does bring me to this question that I gotta ask with a film like this. Um, if given the opportunity to, uh, in a sense, trade up, would you? Let's say we're at your house, there's a party, all your friends, and a comet passes over. And the life that you have now, like the current life that you're living in, you have the opportunity to trade up. Let's say, like, in another one, um, your husband is president or he works for the CIA or he's a librarian or something like that. Right. Um, if given the opportunity, would you trade up? Absolutely not. And I'm going to use a southern a southern phrase that we say to explain why and it's that the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd rather stick with what I know right now because I think even though something might look better on the surface, mhm you don't really know what you don't know until you like live and experience, you know what I mean? Right. I, maybe I, I like yeah. my life. <laughs> maybe in one of them we're not friends or something like that. Or anything, right? And that's that butterfly effect again. Like if any little thing in your life is different, right. It would be so, so different. Like I, one I, little thing could create a whole different life. Right. I, I was thinking about this question over the weekend and I really sat with it. And my initial reaction was, yeah, absolutely. Um, I like like the unknown and stuff like that. Um, relatively, like my life is like good right now. Um, working a good job and stuff like that. Great mm-hmm. friends. Um, but I, I think I just can't get over like the past trauma that I've had and stuff like that. So I think if given the opportunity to trade up. I think initially my first thought was like, absolutely. But you just made a really good point. Like what, what was the Southern uh, phrase? The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like after like dissecting this film and stuff like that, and it's like, um, no, I, 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 I think you're right. Like it would be too unknown. 
Right. And like, so that's like the meaning of that saying is like, so even though something seems like the devil and like bad, it's like, at least that's the devil, you know, like, you know, everything that has happened to you, you know what to expect typically on a day to day. Right. Whereas, like, like that devil you don't could be yeah. way worse in the end, you know? Maybe <laughs> there's like, a reality where I like don't have a leg or something like that, or like I'm blind or something like that. It's like right. one thing off, like just one centimeter and stuff like that. Right. But, um, I, I I wouldn't I would be lying if I didn't like go back and forth, I think. It it's such a like a like there's a fifty fifty chance that right. your life could be better. Like you could be like um you could be Jennifer Lawrence, next Jennifer Lawrence, you could be an A-list actor in Hollywood right. with your marketing and your brand and your blog. And something like that. Or you could just be like on the street, homeless, um, living under the bridge or right. something like that. <laughs> like it, it's such a like a huge difference. And I, I think like just like basing it on like past like experience in my life, I think it could go either way. Like right. the beginning of my life was like really terrible, but like the the other half of my life is like going pretty great so I can't really complain but it's just like I I still live with like past like in my mind and stuff like that and I think that's what keeps me from having like such a like concrete answer right no I mean it's tempting for sure and I think that's I think that proves though like the power of this film is that it is a think piece like that like that's the point of like good art I feel like you know to like make you make you think and this film definitely makes you think (laughs) right yeah so uh final scores um five out of five uh it's so great and i wish other people knew about this film um it's it's so good so good i'll have to agree i mean five out of five because i don't see how they worked with a budget that low comparatively to like a lot of other films a budget that low like you know a script that loose and a runtime that short and somehow pulled off a freaking awesome think piece movie. right like <laughs> i absolutely love that's the like one of the things like why we started this podcast like our love for like indie films and like anything okay. that like takes heart and like passion and like with limited resources i absolutely love that 100%. because you you get like films like this that's like so great in storytelling not an original yeah not the best effects and like you get something so original and stuff like that exactly so yeah i mean i'll just agree with you like five out of five definitely recommend um i think i'm gonna show this to andrew this evening actually he didn't watch it with me i watched it like on my own time but i think tonight i'm gonna make him watch this because i think he'll uh this is right up his alley he's a he's a science nerd so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it'll definitely be right up his alley but i think that's all the time we had for today um i'm hoping like in another reality that hey donovan if you like somehow like find this donovan and miranda like good job or not sure about your situations keep it up or things get better <laughs> and don't kill us please thank you oh please don't kill us i i don't <laughs> I, I think like in another reality personally i don't have like the heart to kill i don't think i do um they say like everybody does i don't think i can i don't think i have it in me 
I like shot a gun once, like at the the gun range with like my um my uncle for like my birthday and stuff like that. And it, I only shot, fired one shot, and I was like, yeah, this. I don't like. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't like the way it feels in my hand. It was like a um. I think it was like a, a revolver or something like that. And I was like, it, it, it weighed heavy and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, this is not for me. Have you ever shot a gun? I have not because actually Andrew tried to take me to a shooting range once. Just like, hey, maybe you should learn how to use one like just in case. And I mm-hmm. had a panic attack on the way there because same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I don't have the, I don't know. That, that's not in me either. I can't even kill a bug. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's outside. just... <laughs> so i know maybe in another universe like maybe that guy like that donnie miranda has like the stomach for it and we'll just have yeah we'll just have to hope (laughs) that they don't kill us right right but (laughs) until next time guys take care see ya